Hello London, we are ready for your vote. Hello, I'm Stephen Perkins and this is Douzebois, the Eurovision-loving podcast from the Binge Watch family. It is Sunday the 26th of November, it is just gone 6 o'clock and I have just finished watching the Junior Eurovision Song Contest 2023. So this podcast is going to be a little quick instant reaction with some fairly kind of half-formed thoughts about how it all went for everybody and who did brilliantly, who was robbed, all that sort of thing. Uh, don't worry, there will be a follow-up podcast to this one next week, which will have uh, slightly more time to percolate and will come with some slightly more fully formed thoughts. This one is very much just intended to be an on-the-spot reaction to what we've all just witnessed. But first, I would like to take a quick moment just to pay tribute to Sara Tavares, who uh, died earlier this week on the 19th of November from a brain tumour at the age of 45. Uh, Sara represented Portugal in Eurovision in 1994 with Camara Musica finishing in 8th place. Um, so all of us here at Bingewatch and at Duzpoir, our thoughts are with Sara's loved ones. So, Junior Eurovision 2023. I'm going to start by saying this was actually my first time watching an entire Junior Eurovision. I only kind of caught the end of last year's because I think I'd been on a train or possibly at a film somewhere. Uh, so I just basically came back and was told, oh, we won the online vote and we finished fifth overall. And I was like, yay, brilliant, excellent. Uh, so this year was the first time I'd actually watched the entire Junior Eurovision from start to finish. And to be honest, I was pretty impressed. Um, I thought there was a really high standard of songs, um, really good standard of performances generally. Um, what I really liked about it, in fact, was that for the most part it kind of felt like a very kind of mini version of regular Eurovision. I was worried it was going to be perhaps a little bit patronising to the kids, it was going to be uh, you know, a little bit kind of talking down, uh, maybe even a little bit sort of too you know, child focused for adults to watch it and, and really enjoy it but actually I felt like it, it ran very much like the regular contest and um, I thought France did a particularly great job of hosting it and everything ran really smoothly and it was just a really enjoyable watch uh, and as someone who's, you know, cut his teeth on the grown-up version of Eurovision it was really nice to watch one where the entire contest was done from start to finish in two and a half hours and you know left me a little bit of time to get on with the rest of my life. I think there were some definite standout tracks for me. Uh, I did actually go into this deliberately, fairly blindly. I hadn't um, listened to any of the songs beforehand apart from uh, the UK's entry and U Ukraine's, which basically I heard entirely by accident. It just kind of came up in my Spotify queue. Um, but yeah, I thought there were some really, really strong songs on there. So I'm just going to start by going through a few of the ones that I really enjoyed. Um, I thought Spain actually was a really, really good opener for the contest. Um, it, perhaps you know, the actual performance got off to a very slightly shaky stuff, but really kind of sprang into life um, very very quickly afterwards and um, I loved the fact that you know it was really catchy that had some great dancing obviously the gimmick of singing I love you in lots of different languages was was great it just felt like it was a, a bit of a bop and um, really kind of got the the competition started on a very um, upbeat um, you know, really kind of set the set the bar for everyone else to meet I think and um, I was slightly surprised to see it doing so well just purely because it had been on so early and I kind of thought perhaps it would have been overshadowed by some other entries but uh, it, it was great to see that actually it had really kind of registered with people that it had kind of um, stuck around in people's heads and that they really had um, decided to give it their support once the voting opened. Ukraine was another favourite of mine, one that I thought actually was going to do slightly better. I, I was wondering perhaps if they were the ones to beat because they had so much in their corner. Um, the song was incredibly catchy. Uh, obviously, you've got you know, this adorable nine-year-old performing it, this whole sort of anime aesthetic thing that she's got going on. Um, the whole thing just felt really kind of well-managed and very kind of cleverly staged. Um, and I did think that 
the whole combination might be really, really uh, impossible to resist for voters. So, yeah, I was quite surprised that it didn't do better. I think it was, you know, perhaps more with the... It didn't land so well with the juries. It did quite well in the online vote, as far as I can remember. Um, that's one thing I will say for this podcast. I don't really have the full set of stats in front of me, only really what I remember from watching the contest. I will be uh, looking back at them in more detail next week when I had a bit of a chance to calculate everything properly. I think one thing that's actually quite interesting is that coming into this completely new to Junior Eurovision was that I didn't really have a very good sense of what songs tend to do well in this contest and what songs don't do so well. So my guesses as to the songs that were going to be contenders were very much at random and not really backed up by anything. So I was quite surprised that Ireland didn't do better. I really had um, a good feeling about that one. I thought it was uh, really well sung. It was a really kind of heartfelt ballad, um, Ashling by Jessica McKean. And uh, I love the way that it got slightly operatic towards the end and that it then became in this duet. Um, so yeah, I was slightly surprised that one didn't resonate more with either the juries or the voters. So really disappointed for them that they finished in, in last place. But um, I guess it just goes to show that uh, you never really can guess what's going to do well in a competition like this there's always so much that you just can't um, work out ahead of time Another one of my favourites, without wanting to sound too biased, was uh, The United Kingdom, um, Back to Life by Stan Unique. Um, I thought we had a really good chance with this entry. Uh, I thought they performed really well. They were very strong singers, very confident. Um, you know, really, I thought the staging actually was, was really very good um, and that they performed it really well. I think if I had any reservations about this one, it was the lack of a chorus of any real kind um it had a bridge but not really a chorus and um one thing that really worried me actually when we were seeing the uh, the recaps of all the performances um during the voting period was that obviously they tended to show yeah you know, the chorus of most of the entries which is fair enough but then they would show the uk and we'd get a very little bit of singing and an instrumental section which i felt like wasn't a particularly strong call to arms vote wise um i was really pleased to see that we did so well with juries um, we finished in fourth place it was very much a four horse race with the juries and sadly we were the last of the horses in that race uh, and we didn't do quite as well in the online vote as we did last year because obviously uh, in 2022 the UK's Freya Sky won the online vote this year we finished seventh but I think still a uh, very respectable result of course finishing fourth overall um, so well done to Stand Unique I think they can definitely uh, hold their heads up high they really did us proud so yeah well done to them really really enjoyed Armenia's entry uh, do it my way found it slightly terrifying because there was just this kind of <laughs> supernatural kind of confidence out of this like young girl group and uh, I love the idea that they've been put together basically because their mums were best friends uh, or so we were told um, but yeah that that to be honest I think was my um, my pick to take it all when I was watching because I just thought it was really um, a powerful performance really catchy song um and uh, yeah i was quite surprised actually that that one didn't do better in the online vote because i thought that one was going to kind of romp home uh with the public and i think if i recall correctly it only ended up coming sixth in the uh, online vote so yeah that's quite interesting uh, i think possibly maybe it was kind of in a very similar vein to the sort of thing that the uk was doing and that um, spain was doing to an extent so maybe possibly the, the viewers at home who were voting just maybe liked Spain's take on it a little bit more because that one was the one that really seemed to uh, do very well in the online vote. Uh, I'm glad that I can say I really liked the winner this year. Um, actually, when I listened to it, one of the ones that got the highest scores from me in my little notepad when I was scribbling along while I was watching it was um, Zoe from France with Coeur. Um, I, you know, I think she's 
fantastic performer. Um, obviously, she can play the piano, uh, and uh, she's got a great voice. And the song, I just think, was was really really strong. It was kind of emotional, but it was upbeat. It was dancey. It was very memorable. I think it was definitely one of the ones that was um, that and Ukraine. I think were the two that were kind of floating around in my head um, by the end of the. Uh, well, I would say end of the evening. It wasn't really the evening, kind of the late afternoon, early evening. It feels very strange to be uh, talking about Eurovision and have it all done and dusted by tea time, but then I guess that's what happens when you're talking about junior Eurovision. Uh, the last of the ones I'm going to single out, the ones that I really enjoyed, was um, Netherlands, um, which was, you know, my notes for this one pretty much just say banger. And I think that's fair enough. It was just a really, um, really good choice, I think, to end the contest on that one. Uh, really upbeat. Reminded me a little bit of uh, Poison by Nicole Scherzinger. Um, and yeah, definitely one of my favourites for the competition. I don't really want to dwell too much on the ones I didn't like because ultimately I think when you're talking about children you don't want to be cruel um, and I think everyone there did really well. There were a few that I wasn't quite as keen on um, so I'm just going to mention a few of those very quickly. I think you know, we had one of the same problems we often have in the adult contest which is that there were quite a few sort of mid-tempo ballads that were very nice, you know, very pleasant, um, didn't really kind of um, stick with me after they'd finished um, and got sort of lost their way a bit. I like North Macedonia I think was one of those. Malta, again you know, uh, lovely voice um, song, um, not so strong. Good key, good key change though in that one. Poland again um, you know, just I felt when I was watching it, I was like, this one I think is going to get slightly lost in the shuffle. And it does pain me a bit to say this, but Italy, actually, um, that one didn't do a lot for me, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, it was, I think, really well-intentioned, um, obviously, you know, singing about in a, in a just, just and righteous world. But it, it all felt slightly um, worthy for me and just didn't really kind of um, grab me in the same way that some of the other songs over the course of the evening had. Um, and that's as negative as I'm going to get with this, because, as I say, it's junior Eurovision. We're talking about kids. I'm just you know, incredibly impressed that they were able to, to get up on stage and perform like that the the standard of professionalism throughout i thought was absolutely incredible um and yeah so i think generally everyone who competed can absolutely uh, be very very proud of themselves for uh, an incredible job i mean i think a lot of cases actually the performances in junior eurovision this year were stronger than a lot of countries entered in the main competition in terms of the overall presentation, I think uh, France did an excellent job. I thought the two hosts were very, very good. Uh, I did find the presence of the uh, junior influencer, Athenia, made me feel about a gazillion years old. Um, but I thought it was really nice for the Green Room sections to have the uh, kids being interviewed by you know someone who felt a bit more like a peer to them and hopefully could put them a bit more at ease. Um, that whole um, Green Room part of the evening, I thought, did feel slightly sort of Miss Worldy and that it was obviously all kind of very carefully prepared and rehearsed but then again you have to remember we are dealing with kids here you don't want to put them on the spot too much you want them to feel comfortable um, and also you know a lot of them speaking in a language that's not their first language and uh, doing a really good job of just keeping their cool um, which I thought yeah was, was really really good um, again it kind of surprised me how much it did just feel kind of like you know regular grown-up Eurovision but uh, with uh, very very tiny people doing it instead. Also, we'd just like to say, in terms of the uh, guest performers that we had while we were waiting for the results, it was absolutely brilliant to see Amir back, who of course represented France in 2016 with Chez Cherche, still uh, one of my favourite um, French entries at Eurovision, and um, still pleased to see that uh, Amir remains an um, incredibly attractive man, and also a uh, really, really good um, new single from him. So yeah, always really nice to kind of see what people have been up to since Eurovision, and to hear that uh, things are still going pretty well for him, so very, very happy about that. 
In terms of the results when we got them, uh, as I said earlier, it did feel very much like it was a four-horse race as far as the juries were concerned between France, Armenia, Spain and the United Kingdom. Um, United Kingdom got off to a really great start, which was fantastic to see. We were kind of in the top three for a, a pretty significant chunk of it. Um, and then kind of Spain started off with slightly slower and then gradually caught us up uh, as time went on and sort of just knocked us down into that fourth position with the juries. But still great to see the UK picking up votes from pretty much everyone. As far as I remember, I think it was only Georgia that we didn't get any uh, jury points from, including ourselves, obviously. Um, and as I said earlier as well, slightly surprised that uh, Armenia didn't do better in the uh, online vote, um, because I really thought that they were absolutely going to romp home on that one. But always really fun to kind of see the surprises that come when the results come in. I'd say it's a pretty comprehensive victory for France this year because they did win both the uh, public and the jury vote. Uh, they won with a bigger margin than they did last year, so good for them. Um, <laughs> it was quite fun having uh, Lissandro back uh, last year's winner, and uh, although I didn't see much of last year's competition, I did see his performance, and I wasn't keen on the song, and unfortunately I have not become any more keen on the song in the space of the past 12 months, but uh, it went down very well in the uh, auditorium, so I'm sure that's what counts for the most part. In terms of what this means for the UK, I think it's another very, very uh, solid result for us. Uh, nice to see that we've increased our uh, ranking with the jury since last year. Obviously, we are down a little bit in the uh, online vote, and I've kind of shared my thoughts as to why I think that might be. But brilliant that we are one position higher than we were last year. So UK generally doing a pretty good job with picking its hacks and its songs for junior Eurovision. So possibly some lessons we can be learning there for the main contest as well quite enjoyed the UK's commentary from Lauren Layfield and Harvey. I thought Lauren was maybe slightly more switched on and kind of engaging with uh, what was going on than Harvey was, but generally pretty good team. And uh, the one thing I did slightly uh, take issue with was neither of them having been briefed as to uh, whether anyone had pulled off back-to-back -back wins before. And it did appear to be a little while for it took for anyone to actually have a whisper in their ears and point out that Poland had done it fairly recently. Um, but obviously we weren't competing in junior Eurovision at that time. So I think I can overlook that one. So yes, France now the second country to pull off back-to-back uh, -back wins at junior Eurovision. And also this win now puts them level with Georgia for the most wins in total at junior Eurovision with three apiece. And given that France have uh, hosted the competition for two out of the last three occasions, it'll be interesting to see whether they are uh, keen to step up again and host next year or whether they might want to perhaps pass that responsibility on to somebody else. Uh, that will be very, very interesting to see. So those are my fairly scattered instant thoughts about this year's Junior Eurovision contest. Uh, overall, I think it was a very, very enjoyable watch. I was very, very happy with the winner, and I think the UK did pretty well as well. And so, yeah, I can't really ask for much more than that. I will be back, as I said, in a week's time where I will have had a bit of time to think about my thoughts in slightly more detail. Uh, we'll have a chance to write them all down in slightly more detail so I won't be kind of jumping all over the place and umming and ahhing the way I have been in this one. Um, but I will be reflecting slightly more on the contest and that will be our last podcast for the next few weeks because we'll be going on a little hiatus over Christmas. But don't worry, we will be back in the new year as the national final uh, season is upon us once more. So yes, keep your eyes peeled or even better subscribe, like and subscribe for next week's episode when I will be uh, analysing all of this in slightly more detail. And until then, good night Europe and good morning Australia. Yeah.